Friend, please help Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry by supporting the cost to produce Spirit-Filled Radio and Podcast for this current fiscal year. You can become a partner with Spirit-Filled Hearts by donating monthly. Your contributions make a difference in the lives of all those who listen to our radio shows and podcasts. Thank you for your support. Go to spiritfilledhearts.org and click on the Donate button. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. Coming up on today's podcast. Even though you may not be on site with the exorcist, that little old lady praying her rosary before the Blessed Sacrament may be the one who actually gets the grace for this person to be absolutely freed. We can't compartmentalize the church, you know, into, well, I'm in this little lane of the church. We are one body. Welcome on in to another episode of the Spirit-Filled Media Podcast with Deacon Steve Greco of Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry. So glad to reconnect with you for part two of this gripping series with author and speaker Kathleen Beckman. And if you missed part one, please do go back and listen. We left off our last episode with Kathleen admonishing us to shine the light on the darkness of our own households and not to sweep sin under the rug. Otherwise, we allow Satan to get a stranglehold. Is your own home a refuge from the world? As we get started with part two of A Family Guide to Spiritual Warfare, Deacon Steve reminds us about the power of God's Word. And we need to learn Scripture. We need to learn the power of Scripture, like John 1, the prologue. Yes, I was excited when you when you proclaimed John's prologue because I wanted to share with your listeners that that is a scripture that is often read at during the major rite of exorcism. And when it's proclaimed, it is remarkable to see the reaction, the torment of the demons mm-hmm. that may be present in that person. The demons really react that is like hitting them right where it hurts because it goes right back to the very beginning of their rebellion and you know the beginning was the word and the whole word becoming incarnate is what they are rebelling against still and so when the prologue of john is proclaimed during the rite of exorcism it torments demons and there are times when i have been oppressed spiritually from what I perceive to be evil spirits. And I will read that scripture aloud in my home as a, and who knew that the, that the prologue to John's gospel would be such a deliverance prayer, right Deacon? Oh, it's amazing. (laughs) And I just love the prologue to John's gospel and John chapter one and read it all the time because of the power, the power behind it. The power of protection, the power of taking offensive against the enemy. And speaking of taking the offensive, you know, I, I've, <laughs> I grew up cradle Catholic. My mother, you know, went to church and so forth, but didn't really have a devotion to Blessed Mother. My grandmother prayed the rosary all the time, but I didn't really understand the Blessed Mother at all mm. for many, many, many years. And early on in my 20s, when I got involved in the healing ministry, it could have been an angel, who knows, but you know, this one man, uh, young guy comes up to me and he says, wherever there's healing, the blessed mother is there. And I started, and it was this one thing after another that led me to know that 
we have a spiritual mother who wants to defend us against evil. And I could give so many examples of actually that happening and actually having, I've had people come to the prayer meeting when I was teaching on the blessed mother and actually get visibly upset because I've talked about how the blessed mother steps on Satan, you know? And so tell us about the role with Fatima and the role of the blessed mother and how you, that's also in the book and Mary's deliverance team. I'm looking at here on page 40. Just tell us about the role of the blessed mother. I want to say that, you know, often in Catholic piety, people put Our Lady on a pedestal, and she's like this porcelain, fragile being, you know, <laughs> and beautiful, but not to really be engaged in. But I want to share with the audience that what I have discovered from what I see during the Rite of Exorcism is she is one a fierce, fierce warrior, and the demons absolutely cower in front of her because God has chosen her, chosen her to be the one to be the vessel through whom the perpetual defeat of the enemy is developed and and happens. And so the evil spirits are very much afraid of this warrior mother. And I've never seen anyone more fierce in defending each and every person. She truly, whether we have a devotion to Our Lady or not, she has a devotion to each one of God's children. She is their mother. I mean, it benefits us when we when it's a reciprocal devotion. It benefits us when we are devoted and we engage and we have a deep relationship and, a, and through virtue of our consecration to Our Lady. All of that is very real spiritual uh, dynamic protection. But even if you don't know her, she will come to your defense. And I want to share a story, and I, I have this in the book. This is from a real exorcism that I witnessed. It was outside of the diocese because I've, I've assisted with exorcists in many different states and countries. But in this situation, there was a young man that was or, uh, who was consecrated to Satan in his mother's womb. And so his mother and father were practicing Satanists. They were uh, very high up in that satanic realm. And from the womb, he was consecrated to Satan. And his whole life, as you can imagine, Deacon, was very troubled. But God's providence, this just amazed me. Providence would have it that this very troubled man, young man, his path crossed with a Catholic prayer group. And the Catholic prayer group were wise enough to pray with him and to say, I think you should go see the priest, the Catholic uh, exorcist. And so there he was. And so the exorcism had already taken place and the exorcist had called upon Mary. There'd been like four hours of a spiritual battle, very physical. So he called on Mary to come and finish to step on the head of the serpent to liberate this young man. Well, what happened was then he called it. The exorcist called the end of the exorcism. We were all just resting and the person got into the fetal position on the floor and began weeping and weeping and weeping. And we just kind of all observed the team of uh, 10 people in the exorcist. And so we saw him weep these tears and then stay in that fetal position and then when his experience was over, the exorcist priest said, you know, what happened to you? And he said, well, I experienced my mother and my mother came to me. Or no, she was deceased, Deacon. My mother came to me and she begged me to forgive her, that she didn't know the harm she was doing to me when she consecrated me in her womb. And she begged 
forgiveness for what she had done to me. And so he was so touched. So he said, I saw my mother and she wanted forgiveness and I forgave her. I forgave her. As soon as I forgave her, I didn't see my mother anymore, but I saw the Blessed Virgin Mary. And Mary came and she held me like a baby in her arms. And she she just ministered to me. And Mary just, she set me free. And so I realized that the that the exorcist had just called on Mary to come and really set him free. And here was this beautiful example of a young man who'd been consecrated to Satan by his two Satanist parents. And look at how Mary intervened, obviously through God's grace, to help set this person free. Amen, amen, amen. We're with Kathleen Beckman talking about a must-have book, A Family Guide to Spiritual Warfare from Sophia Press. How common is this? It's all too common, unfortunately. I'll give you an example. I'm in the Diocese of Orange. I won't say what parish it was. Praying for confirmation students and was asked by a priest friend of both of us mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway to come and, and, and be with him and, and to do this and give a teaching. So I'm praying over over 100 kids, high school kids, you know, preparing for confirmation. All of a sudden, two start manifesting in a huge way. Well, there was a nun there who told me, oh, now we know about them. They were offered up, consecrated to demonic demons at their birth mm-hmm. and you know the culture that they're in and so forth i guess the question i have for you is if that happens uh is it too late i mean is there any hope Oh, no, it's never too late. <laughs> it's never too late. God made a provision for that, you know, and, and by his wounds, we are healed. And so always there's so much healing that occurs. I'm often asked, well, what occurs during the rite of exorcism, major or minor? And what I say is, you know, people are expecting to hear about the sensational part of exorcism that you see in movies. But the most sensational thing that those of us who serve on the team would say is that the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, the power of the praying church, because the priest is there, but the whole church, and this is a point I really give some teaching on in the book, that you may think, well, I'm not involved in healing and deliverance ministry, but by your discipleship, you're involved in healing and deliverance ministry. It is not on the periphery of the church. It's the heart of the gospel. And so even though you may not be on site you know, like a team uh, with the exorcist, that person in front of the Blessed Sacrament, you know, that little old lady praying her rosary before the Blessed Sacrament may be the one who actually gets the grace for this person to be absolutely freed. So it is something that, you know, we can't compartmentalize the, the church, you know, into, well, I'm in this little lane of the church. I'm in this little lane. We are one body. And so it's the whole church. And so when the priest prays, he's praying on the behalf of the bishop, on behalf of the whole sea, the on the universal church is the praying church is there, and the demons know it. The de- demons know it so well, and they would rather leave than be present 
to that kind of prayer power that is present there. So the works of the Lord, the strength of the Lord, the wonders of the Lord, the miracles of the Lord are much more sensational that we see than any antics of the evil spirits. I always say the evil spirits are bullies. They want a lot of attention, you know, but they're like bad bullies and you want to kick them out and not give them any room to operate because they just want to sensationalize things. And you have that spiritual authority by virtue of your baptism, by virtue of the the sacrament, the couples, by virtue of matrimony, uh, that sacrament, you have incredible prayer power for to protect one another and your children. Use scripture. Greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. You know, take authority from your baptism, from confirmation. You receive the Holy Spirit. You are not defenseless, but often we act as if we're defenseless because we just don't understand that we have the authority. We have Jesus within us. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the Blessed Mother. We must educate ourselves. This is not something that is optional. And we need to understand the role that we have with the Blessed Mother, with saints, and many, many tools. And this is a two-part series. We're going to get into the tools a lot more in the second part. But the Blessed Mother was really clear to us at Fatima and other locations, certainly, that she appeared in. But tell us about, because it's in the book here on page 40, about what happened at Fatima. Well, I want to share with you, first of all, a little background about when Our Lady's apparitions there and how vital uh, they are for formation in spiritual warfare. It's something that Cardinal Amato, one of the professors at the Association of International Exorcist course in Rome, mentioned. His He gave a whole conference on the message of Fatima and how relevant it is, Deacon, in spiritual warfare and the lessons that it teaches us. And I think one of the most striking things that he reminds us of is that All of heaven and Our Lady entrusted the message to three small children. Okay. Now this speaks to the family. This is how it ties into a family guide to spiritual warfare book that there is, it is necessary to form our children in the reality of heaven, hell, and purgatory. I mean, Our Lady came and heaven ordained that these little children would have a vision, a full vision of heaven hell and they saw how many souls were falling into hell and they were so moved by this that they were inspired to give up things like they decided they wouldn't play anymore children play that's what they do they decided that they wouldn't play to save souls from falling into hell Mm. they decided that they would save their lot now these were more in uh poor children. So they had meager uh, means and they would give their lunches to the poor. So they would sacrifice, they would fast. They took seriously the reality, the truth of what they had seen and wanted to do anything to prevent this soul from falling into hell. And in the book, I quote an exorcist who said that uh, Jacinta was one of the seers in Fatima who really caused a lot of souls to be stolen away from the devil and taken to heaven because they said she was very bold and serious in accepting the call to prayer, to fasting, to praying the rosary, whatever the message of Our Lady of Fatima was, she took it to heart and thereby the demon proclaimed during an exorcism, I mean, much to his consternation, that uh, souls were robbed uh, from him because little Jacinta was so powerful in her spiritual offering to God. So that 
really, I think, calls parents to what are you doing to form your children in the reality of spiritual warfare and the evil spirits? We do so many things for our children. You know, and and again, I think of Luke 11 because... (laughs) You know, it's asking, you receive, seeking, you'll find, knocking, the door will be open. But then it says, we who are wicked, who know how to get good gifts to our children. And we do. How much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit for those who ask for it? Are you asking for the Holy Spirit to come upon your children? Are you forming your children to understand all aspects of what we believe in as Catholics, but to understand what's happening to them in the world? It's so absolutely critical that we take this as the highest authority, highest priority we possibly can and and just not be, oh, well, I got to get them in the best colleges. I got to get the best education. I got to make sure their jobs are the best and everything else. That's important. Don't get me wrong. But our life is but a vapor that appears briefly and disappears. We have to prepare them for all of eternity. That's absolutely right. And when I was doing research for the book, I just want to share with your your listeners this one entry in Faustina's diary that I had. I've read the diary, but it never it never struck me before. It goes along with the call for children and to protect them and to save them. Saint Faustina writes in her Revelation. I suddenly saw a crowd of children who seemed to be no older than five to 11 years of age. When they saw me, they surrounded me and began to cry out, defend us from evil. And they led me into the chapel, which is in this convent. When I entered the chapel, I saw the distressful Lord Jesus. He looked at me graciously and he said he was gravely offended by children. He said to St. Faustina, you are to defend them from evil. Faustina said, from that moment on, I've been praying for children, but I feel that prayer alone is not enough. And then she goes on to say how she made sacrifices and fasting. And that's a message for all of us. These are little children. You know, you think of what's happening in the world today, the the culture where we are robbing the very innocence of our children, Deacon, and the sex education that is given to two and three year olds. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, when we talk about how what we're doing to little children, we cannot pretend this is not happening. Mm-hmm. This is something we need to be well aware of. You know, I, I admit when my kids were in school, I don't know how you were, but I know I didn't uh, necessarily go over all that was being taught to them. Now, they were in Catholic schools, but even in Catholic schools today, I would say it's very necessary that parents be very aware of their child's education. And we have to educate ourselves. Yes, that's true. We have to educate ourselves and understand what is happening to our children, how they're being educated. You mentioned the internet, being on the computer. What is it that they're looking at? Very, very important. I I want to talk about the rosary because I I just have this. I have a St. Benedict rosary. So you may want to mention something about St. Benedict. But the power of the rosary to pray a rosary each day for the family, and I pray a decade for every member of the family, pray three rosaries a day at least, 
Why is the rosary so important, especially to protect ourselves? It is a real spiritual weapon. And it is so important because it's a scriptural prayer. It's a contemplative prayer. It's a prayer that uh, has been given to the church. It, it is really, I find the rosary to be, and I even wrote a little booklet on this, um, the healing power of the rosary. It's very healing. I feel like I have personally experienced inner healing from praying the rosary, especially before the Blessed Sacrament. But the rosary is prayed during an exorcism. It's prayed during minor exorcisms or major exorcisms. And and the demons are tormented by it. And in the book, I quote what the exorcists have heard from evil spirits about the torment. I know personally, I've been at several where I hear we may have the parents of a young person praying off site and nobody's mentioned that to the group that's there with the exorcist. But then we will hear a demon uh, yell out, stop, stop those beads, stop those beads. There's tormenting me. They're hitting me. Well, her parents are praying off site and that, that that rosary is what is affecting the evil spirit. So they're very much tormented by it. But I want to share, if, if you recall in the book, in the last chapter, I give the testimony. It's told through the person wrote me this testimony of her son had tried to commit suicide. Do, do you remember that story? And then she picked up the rosary. Right. Well, no, what happened was she was not Catholic. She wasn't Catholic. Mm -hmm. And she was sitting in. So her son had shot himself in the head. And she was sitting in the hospital and she was so, as you can imagine, as his mother, waiting to see if he was going to make it or not. OK, life and death. Uh, she decided that she wanted to pray. But this is a non-Catholic, doesn't know anything about the rosary. And she Googled on the phone a healing prayer. And what popped up first was a healing rosary prayer that I had posted to the Catholic Exchange because I write for Catholic Exchange. So through the prayer, she began to pray the prayer and it was meditations on the rosary. So she said, you know, I just followed word by word everything that Kathleen had written in this healing rosary prayers for my son. In that situation, I had prayed it for my son 15 years earlier. In that, she learned, she said that she, who was a non-Catholic, learned the power of the rosary, felt the presence of Mother Mary. It became very personal for her and very, very powerful. She couldn't stop praying the rosary. She said she continued to pray continuous prayers using those meditations, which I give in the book. And then uh, lo and behold, her son made it. He survived the even though he had shot himself in the head. So she gives a beautiful testimony on how, you know, getting into the spiritual warfare. What happened? Well, the son had been bullied, Deacon, by a schoolmate who had bullied and bullied and bullied him to the point that he shot himself. Mm -hmm. So the whole story is in the book. Now, she related it to what had happened with her marriage. She said, our whole family was under attack. And this is, she's telling this first person in the story, in the book, she says, my uh, husband and I had gone through a very rough patch and we had just gone through counseling and inner healing with the counselor. So she said that they had just reconciled and that she felt that the evil spirit was so upset that their marriage was back together that then the retaliation happened with the son. And then this bully came along this, and the bully and his family left. As soon as that happened, they packed up and they left the city so nobody could pursue what he was doing to this boy who had tried to commit suicide. My brothers and sisters, turn to your mother. You have a spiritual mother. Turn to the rosary. Pray the rosary each and every day for protection of your family, 
blessings of your family. So important. I'm so excited. We're going to have you back for the second part in our next show. But any final thoughts that you have ending this first show? I want to just echo what you said to really turn to Our Lady. She has a maternal heart and a heart that is just a mirror of the sacred heart. And furthermore, consecrate yourself and your family to the sacred and immaculate hearts, because that's a real spiritual protection. So I would just um, invite families to take a look at what's going on in your own home and really look with the eyes of the Holy Spirit at what is occurring there and realize that God has chosen you and your family and in choosing you, he has equipped you to be a victor, not a victim. Thank you so much, Kathleen, for being on the show. I can't wait for our next show. Heavenly Father, we love you, we praise you, and worship you. We thank you, Lord God, for giving us this book, A Family Guide to Spiritual Warfare. We thank you, Lord God, for giving us the tools to defend our families in battle. We thank you, Lord God, for giving us the power of the Holy Spirit flowing within us, for giving us a spiritual mother to help intercede for us. We pray blessings and healing and protection against on all families to be covered with the precious blood of Jesus, to be protected against all evil and all sin through the intercession of our lady of Guadalupe, through the power of the Holy spirit in Jesus name. And I bless you in the name of the father and the son and the Holy spirit. Amen. And that'll wrap up part two of our series with Kathleen Beckman on spiritual warfare. And I'll tell you, my friend, we just can't overstate the importance of the message we heard here today. Please share this podcast with everyone you know, especially families. You'll be glad you did. And speaking of sharing, be sure to check out all of our podcast offerings through Spirit-Filled Media. We're available on all the usual platforms, Spotify, Google Play, Apple iTunes, Stitcher, you name it. And if you're looking for even more solid, practical resources, be sure to check out Deacon Steve's newest book releases, including Be Not Afraid in response to the pandemic and the epic inspiration of Miracles Through Prayer. You can get all the information you need by visiting our website, spiritfilledhearts.org. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. We'll see you again next time with Deacon Steve and the team. This podcast is a ministry of Spirit Filled Media. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please consider supporting Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry with a one-time or monthly gift. Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are only funded by generous donors who believe in our mission to evangelize.